You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. It has come time for our next quiz question, please, yeah, Lawson. That's this right. is a quickie, this one. This is very simple. On what day of creation were trees made? <laughs> when, when, when were the trees? Which one of the seven days which, of the week? Which one? Are you? It's, it, well, that is a fantastic way to put it, Duda. <laughs> one, it's one of seven. It you, is. Uh, you should, I, I hope you guys know which one of what it is, and you can write in the correct answer if you know. But if you don't know, if you write one to seven, that's you right. could potentially get it right. Yeah, yeah. So try seven times and one of those will be right. Is Absolutely. that what you're saying? Because guys, guys, <laughs> listen, hear me out. This is your penultimate opportunity oh, to that get word. in for the quiz, guys. Your second last well, quiz question that you will have to be able to get your name in the draw, which will be drawn today at 8.45 a.m. So 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, on what day of creation were trees made? Now... Back to Liz. Liz, we've been following your story so far. You've come from a kind of very nominal Christian background. You've then, you know, in your your 20s, you've met a Christian man. And through him, you've come into faith, then gone through an incredibly difficult time of, you know, the the, the breakdown of your marriage and and through through that being distant from, from the church, but still, you know, relying on God, like, hey, I need to raise my kids as a single mom, all of these things. And now you've come to a point, and it, it, it came to 2011, the 2010s, where you've been diagnosed with cancer and then your daughter Leah has gotten really sick and mm. what were the steps from there how did god obviously very difficult situations how did god use those situations situations to then continue to 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 lead you back to him okay well definitely um uh, after i had my surgery and i'd recovered from cancer mm. um then a few years later as i said leah was very very ill she went to costa rica to get healing mm. she wasn't a christian she was really in the um i guess some sort of spiritualism i'd call new it age-y. new age yeah. that sort of thing so when she was over there um i was speaking to her daily on viber but mm. She was over there for six weeks and I was going to be joining her after about the eighth week and doing a walking tour with her. But the Viber calls were not coming through as much and I Mm. started to think there's something not right. Mm. And Leah would put on a brave face and say, I'm okay, and then... And then you wouldn't hear from her for a few days and that, as a mother, you would start to get that anxiety. anxious, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And something's not right. So I knew I was going over there, so I just had to hope and pray. that. And at that stage, I just started to come back to church. Mm. That's, that was around that time. And uh, come back to the Lord. And so I went over to Costa Rica, and then when I got there, I was met with an incredibly dire situation. Wow. I could see that Leah probably had but a day to live. Wow. And I'd done nursing, so I was aware of um, the colour of her skin, colour of her tongue, her eyes, her hair, everything. Mm. So she was like, and and I know Leah, I know that she was, she herself was battling with like very serious health condition. And she's gone over in down the spiritual route to find healing, the spiritualism route. 
and it's actually left her now in this place where she's going to die. Exactly. And, and that's the situation that you've you've walked into when you've arrived in, in Costa Rica. Now, what what came out of that? Obviously, she's alive today. Praise the Lord. So, you know, this is the, the, the story doesn't get more tragic. So that's really nice. But uh, she's a, she's alive today. You know, how did how did God work through that? Okay, so what happened was circumstances were just unbelievable there. I went and spoke to the man that was running this um, program, meant Mm. to be a health program. He was supposed to be a doctor and he was anything but. Mm. And I went and knocked on his door at 11 o'clock at night. I took Leah into the room. I said, we've got to get you out of here. She agreed. I started packing up all her clothes. But she was just deteriorating faster and faster. Mm. So I went and I knocked on his door. I said, we need to get her out of here now. And he said, well, how do you suggest we do that? I mean, I think you should stay here and she should keep juicing. And I said, no, we need to go now. Mm. So what happened was while I was in there, his phone rang. Mm. And he told me prior to that about two hours before, before I went into his room when we were in the um, communal area, that his phone didn't work and he told me the reason it didn't was because he'd bought a SIM card in the USA and cut it in half and tried to fit it into his phone so he would get some sort of reception <laughs> in Costa Rica. Yeah. 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 <laughs> While I was in... Whoa. Yeah. This is where God is a miracle-working God. Wow. Because I just want to um, come to a verse that I was praying to God in my heart, Mm. and this is what this verse means to me, Isaiah 65, 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, Mm -hmm. I will hear. So Mm. here I am in this situation. I'm praying to God, and I'm saying, Lord, you've got to help me. I don't know what to do. His phone rang, and I'm looking at it because he had told me before that, that it doesn't he, work. That he couldn't use that phone because I wanted him to make a phone call then. Mm. And his phone's ringing. And then this is at about 11:30 at night, and he answered the phone, <laughs> and he looked at me, and he said, "This call is for you." And I'm like, "What? Well, who would be ringing him? And what number are they ringing on?" It was the insurance company from Australia. My, uh, he wasn't my son-in-law then, Joshua, but he was engaged to Leah and he had contacted the insurance company mm. in Australia and they had rung this number, however they got this right. phone that wasn't... By a miracle to, of God. Yeah, by wow. By a miracle of God. And uh, I think it was meant for him because they could have rung my phone, but mm. they'd rung his phone. Yeah. And he it straight away recognised there was something supernatural happening in that room. Wow. Mm. So we were able to, he was able to call. That, by the way, the insurance company said, we're here for you. We'll get you out of there. We know the situation is dire. Anyway, we couldn't get a helicopter in. There was nowhere to land. So they ended up bringing in a cab. Um, they couldn't get onto an ambulance. So the cab started driving. It was a six-hour drive for the cab to wow. get there. So over the night, over in the night, this is about midnight now. I just started packing up all the belongings while Leah was really clinging to life. Mm. And you've you get in the cab, get to the hospital, and she receives treatment there. And from from what I understand, there was some pretty 
hectic supernatural stuff going down there as well in in hospital. Definitely. Um, when I got there, there was a lady that was watching everything unfold. Yeah. Um, she was she was able to take all our belongings. She said, "Look, um, I'm the consulate general from." Germany. Mm. Um, she said, I'll organise you accommodation, which mm. was across the road. She was able to get me a discount. So I only <laughs> paid half of the time that I was there. Wow. She was able to translate because obviously I couldn't speak the language. She, mm. was, able, she was fluent in many languages. Wow. But the reason she was there was apparently her daughter had an appendicitis attack three mm. hours before. She'd taken her daughter to the emergency and they were just about to operate on the daughter when she told me that for some unknown reason the daughter no longer had anything wrong with her and they withdrew her from having to have surgery. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, and and so you're in this situation and this person's going to help you and and it's just all come together. It all came together. All of a sudden I had someone dealing with all my luggage. I had an interpreter that could speak English fluently Mm. that was able to organise my accommodation. And at the same time, while all this was going on, that took Mm. that pressure off me and then I was able to go and be with my daughter Leah, Mm. who then the doctor came and spoke to me and he said, look, um, I can't don't think we're going to be able to save Leah. Wow. Um, she's so badly dehydrated. She's in renal failure, heart failure, um, yeah, sepsis. He said, there's very little I think we can do for her. Mm, mm, so, yeah. And, and to be continued, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, this is, so this is much. taking twists yeah, and turns. Yeah, yeah. There's so incredible. much more to the story we can oh, tell. Hey. I think so. We've, we've just got a small station ID coming up now, and we'll come back. And I, I just really want to get to the finish line of. And now, where has that led for you and your kids and your grandkids? What does that look like? You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. So I think, so in Costa Rica, all these things unfold and, and you're in the, in the room with Leah and you've been told that she might not make it. Uh, well, it's very likely. She, heart failure, sepsis, renal failure, it's pretty serious. Uh, she's in a very dire condition and, and yet she pulls through. So what happened was I looked at the doctor and I said, look, um, I believe in God Mm. and I believe in his word. Mm. And one of the things he says in, he was speaking to the disciples and he said, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all All things things are possible. possible. Mm. And I had to hold on to these things. And I said to him, I'm going to be praying. And I was praying and praying. And there were all these nurses around Leah and they were all trying to get a vein. They were going into her feet, her fingers, her her arms, just anywhere where they could get a vein. Because when you're so dehydrated, uh, I've been a phlebotomist. I know that if you if you're so dehydrated, you cannot get a vein. Mm. Anyway, there was one guy who just kept persisting on trying to find a vein. And about probably 15, 20 minutes after they were trying, they pretty much all gave up. But this one person just kept persisting and he got a vein. Mm. And they were able to start hydrating her. And then I was told again by the doctor, don't get too excited because when somebody's rehydrated after being so dehydrated, 
they can actually get cerebral edema on the brain mm. because it's go- the body goes into shock. So then they were fighting that. Like Anyway, they got the vein, they were able to start administering the, the fluids and I had to go and ask this, this young gentleman, I said, I just am so ever grateful, I, what is your name? And he just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I'm Gabriel. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, Lord, you are just, I know you're here with me. I know mm. that everything's going to be okay. Mm. So then after um, Leah was in emergency, they transferred her to ICU mm. and she was hooked up to every gadget you can imagine. Mm. Um, and... It, by the way, it was a beautiful hospital. It was called SEMA Hospital. It's a Catholic hospital mm. over there in um, uh, the capital of Costa Rica. Mm. And so, therefore, then after that, she was in she was in um, intensive care. And after three days, they discharged her and they put her on a ward. Mm. And it was that very first night that she was on the normal ward that um, something happened that I think changed our lives forever. Wow, uh, Leah was sitting on the bed and all of a sudden she went into what I would call a trance Mm. and I was trying to get her attention and her eyes were uh, open, no blinking Mm. and then she started to rock backwards and forwards like moaning and making all sorts of weird noises and I thought must be the drugs that they've put in her, Mm. you know. And then all of a sudden she exhibited, mind you, she was under 40 kilos, she was about 36 kilos. She, remember, she's got heart failure, renal failure, sepsis. I mean, she's still very unwell, but mm. well enough to be on a ward. When all of a sudden she exhibited superhuman strength and was able to fight off the nurses and she became demon-possessed and she wow. started to speak like a man. And That is intense. It was very intense and it was very surreal. And then she got her head through. This went on for about... About probably 20 minutes, Mm. she got her head through the railing of the hospital bed Mm. and she, you've got to understand, it's quite hot over there and I only had like a T-shirt on and she got her head through the rail and she latched onto my stomach and ripped out a chunk of my stomach, which they then had to take me away and attend to myself. Yeah. Then she was put in a... um, psych ward Mm. there were padded walls they came and saw me i said oh i'm going in there with her and they said no you you can't go in there she's dangerous to you and to the staff we have to stay outside and i said i'm not staying out here i'm going in with my daughter Mm. so i had to sign a waiver to say that any any harm that she may have brought on me that the hospital would not take responsibility Mm. so while she was in there um, I was able to do two things, wow. sing and pray. Oof. The two things Satan hates mm. the most. Mm. So I was able to do that and the devil and his evil ones just left. Wow. What you've described there, Liz, is really, you know, so That's intense and that is a really incredible um story of the truth of the great controversy that we talk mm. about here in uh, on Faith FM, mm. that there is this battle between good and evil of Satan just really wanting to 
take people's lives in every way but when there's demon possession that happens and 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 of course you know from what you were describing earlier in the story that Leah was experiencing before you went over there and what you experienced in that place when you went there spiritualism is so intense people don't realize that it's actually it is from the devil with mm. things that are dabbled with and particularly when we know um, Jesus Christ and we know the reality of that, we need to stay away from that too, hey? Mm. But in this case, it's describing the journey of how incredible the victory of Jesus Christ has been in your life and in Leah's life and, and obviously in your children's lives. And you would also say, which we praise God for, and, you know, I know there's so much more to this story too that could be told. But one of the things too that is just beautiful that has come out the other end too mm. is the fact that you and your children it deepened through the intensity of what happened but just seeing the power of God is that you've all come to the Lord and you're all walking very strongly with the Lord to the point you were saying to us when we were actually listening to the song that your son is now actually running a series at, at Dora Creek Church, um, a big Bible series that, uh, you know, quite a number of people are coming to that are just starting their journeys with the Lord. And I just think what this incredible um, cycle that you've actually had to, that you started off by going to this Bible series where you heard about the prophecies, then you left, and then you've seen the miracles of God continuing, and now your own children are too, and I know Leah's really walking strongly with the Lord too, of how, you know, your son is now running a series. So we really appreciate you coming in to share. Um, I know that we've certainly been inspired, and, and I know our listeners would be inspired. And, you know, when Jesus comes into life, our life, the devil doesn't try and leave us, but what we do know is that Jesus is our anchor and that he can win the victories for us, don't we? So mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Oh, can I just quote one verse here mm. that I yeah. think is um, really um, potent for me? And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Mm. That's eternal life. It's mm. to know Jesus Christ. And I know that he's delivered myself, my daughter, my son, and, yeah, just want to plug the Daniel series at Dora Creek Church. Yeah. It is, on lo- it is um, streamed live on Facebook. Great. And it's yeah. on YouTube as well. So, yeah. Oh, that's powerful. And, and I think what's so powerful about this, and particularly as we've been looking in our Bible study throughout uh, throughout the last couple of weeks and, and over the, the weeks to come, we've been looking and considering and, and understanding God's mission for us. And mm. just, just the same as the people in the Bible, same with us today, we're confronted with these incredibly hectic, situations where we ultimately come to the sense that oh wait only god can solve this only god can work through this and you and your children have gone through such a such a situation and the outcome is that you're all walking with the lord and trying to be a part of his mission to reach others that is amazing and it's a powerful testimony you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different course we've actually had Liz in this morning sharing this most incredible story of the miracles of God in her life mm. and um, of how God is using them now for mission as well which is really fitting of course with the study that we are finishing off with for this week today on the world the arena of mission let's just jump straight into ah yes now I've forgotten sorry I was just so keen about the Bible study I've forgotten the last quiz question which we do need to have because we're going to have our draw at quarter to nine so take it 
it away, please, Lawson. Yes, our final question here. How was the first Christian martyr, Stephen, killed? If you mm. were listening to my sermon that I preached at Avondale University Church. Oh, hang on, hang on. A, Some of the listeners. A week ago, <laughs> then you'll know the answer because I, I talked about him. That's so a little bit it, unfair for the listeners. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's, life isn't fair. Um, so, hey, if you, if you were there, you'll know the answer. How was it that the Christian martyr Stephen was killed? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. And guys, this is your final opportunity to get in for our amazing prize this week. It's actually the Bible study that we've been working through Absolutely. and the companion book as well, all about getting into mission. Now, we are considering today's lesson, which is the world, the, the arena of mission. Yes. The, the, this, the scope of our mission, the, the people that we have to reach. That's right. And so with this week, we actually started off looking at the triune God, you know, the Trinity, um, mm-hmm. God as the Trinity, the God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And um, so God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And the, the origin of mission, we know that mission also started in the Garden of Eden. We have actually looked at that, as mm. well as the fact that the plan of redemption came in straight away when sin actually entered into the world. And so then really right through the Bible from Genesis 3 right through to the second to last chapters, mm-hmm. the second to last chapters in in. In, in Revelation, cover a perfect world mm. again. So the third to last chapter from the third of Genesis to the third to last chapter of Revelation, of course, carry uh, are the story of the great rescue plan mm. of, of God, you know. And so it's all about mission all the way through. And so then it's we've talked about making disciples, the importance of disciples, where Jesus then gave the great commission mm. to his disciples, um, you know, go to all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, making disciples. <clears throat> You know, if I actually go, actually read it word for word, of course, in Matthew um, chapter, uh, here we go, chapter 20. It's actually the end of, end of all the Gospels. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples in all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And I, mm. lo, I am with you always. So he's saying to make disciples, and of course, mm. disciples make disciples. That's what we've been saying yeah. this week as well. And of course, teaching people, how will they otherwise know about God's word? If And, and like you're saying, you know, Liz, Liz shared earlier or we talked about the fact that your son is now running a prophecy series in Dora Creek Church then just not out just not far out of Kurumbong and the thing is that people need to be taught mm. you and I Lawson were taught Shell was taught along yeah. the way Liz was taught along the way yeah. unless somebody said shows us in God's word I mean we're reading but then you know that's why there's the story of the Ethiopian as well and so we've unpacked that and we're actually then looking at God's people as being God's chosen people where yesterday God says in you know in Deuteronomy God has chosen you God yes. loves you he's redeemed you he is a faithful God and yeah. so here today we end off on the great arena the world arena can we read from Revelation chapter Chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, which are really yeah. crucial. And then we're going to put the co- that into the context. Yeah, it? Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, where the Bible says here, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hand and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to 
the lamb. Oh, beautiful, powerful stuff here. And here's the thing. It says after these things. So what do you think, Lawson, this is saying? Because it's actually really interesting how this passage is actually kind of tucked in Mm. throughout the seals. We've got the seven seals are actually mentioned, but here it's actually six are actually mentioned, and the seventh seal is actually mentioned after this. But all of this also relates very much here to uh, Revelation 6 verse 17, which says, For the great day of his wrath has come, Mm. and who is able to stand? Mm. So what do you think this is actually saying here? What's the context? Oh, yeah, I love this. I love this so much. It's just like the, the question is asked, who is able to stand? Yeah. The the question is asked a fair few times throughout the book of Revelation, like, who is able to do something? Yes. Who is able to stand? Who is able to open the seal? Oh, who, you know, who, yeah. like, all of these questions are asked, like, who is able to do it? And consistently, the answer is Christ, right? Absolutely. It's like Christ, Christ is Which able to... Which is why Revelation is called the revelation <laughs> of Jesus Christ, the, the, the revealing of Christ. That's right. The, the, the answer consistently is Christ. And then we see here, it's like, okay, like the question is asked, who is able to stand? The only one who's able to stand through such tribulation is Christ. But then the scene shifts and all of a sudden it says that there's great multitudes, tongues of groups of people globally Globally. who are standing before the throne, standing in the presence of God. And we've got Liz with us here still. And Liz, you know, I'd love to get your perspective as well. Cause, cause for me, I'm like, oh, well, the reason they're able to, to stand is because of the work that Christ has done. What, what, what's your perspective on that? You know, when, we're, when it's like we're standing with God, how does that happen? I believe standing with God is, is just standing on His word, mm. standing on the principles. Mm. And it makes me like think of all the people right from, as you were talking about through Genesis. These people have stood up for the truth. Mm. They've stood for Christ. Mm. So they've been disciples. They've been ambassadors. They've been Mm. engaged in his work. Mm. And um, it's interesting when Stephen was stoned, um, they saw him they saw standing. Yeah. That, well, that's that's the beautiful thing is I think the amazing thing we see, and you know, the other story that really brings my mind there is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, right? Mm. And it's these people have stood for truth. Mm. Uh, these people have stood for truth, whether Stephen or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have said, regardless of what happens to us in our mortal frame and in our life, like, you know, whether you kill us. They they took the words of Jesus really seriously. When Jesus said, don't fear him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the soul, they, they said, okay, well, fine. We, we don't need to be scared of the consequences of standing for Jesus because we know that, you know, good will come from it. And the good that comes from it is, as you said, Jesus stands for them. You know, when Stephen sees into heaven and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Mm. This is a, firstly a symbol that Jesus has equality with God and that Jesus himself is God and has power. And, you know, the claim that Jesus made, I have all authority over the universe. He's proving that. And secondly, that standing is also a signal of his judgment, that in his judgment, he is standing up for those who have chosen him you know judgment judgment happens between the, for, for all people and there's two camps we can be in it's either we can be a part of the righteous 
saved or the, the wicked lost and the difference between those two groups of people and the justice that God brings to the earth and the destruction of sin and all these things. The, the difference is, is that one group chose to stand with Christ. And so it's like, as we stand for Christ, Christ stands for us. Oh, it's just the best. Like it, it just brings out those, those stories of like, again, justice coming through people standing up and doing the right thing for others. And the person who, ultimate who did that first was jesus we responded by then standing as we see here the the whole all these people from all over the world standing for christ and then in the end christ continues to stand for us oh it's powerful it's powerful Danuta. oh it's powerful in every way and i love the fact that right through the the bible we mm. see people standing mm. and what we see with that is that there's what's called a remnant mm. remnant when you think of a remnant you know a piece of material the, the remnant is the little bit that is like, you know, the, the corner bit that has been cut off, uh, but it's still remaining like when you've sewn the dress, right? Mm. All the little bits that are still remaining, you put that together, it's the remains. And so here mm. what we're actually seeing too is that there is a remnant. And my, my mind goes to those who stand are those in Revelation 12 where it says, here are those who keep the commandments of God and yes. we have the testimony of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that is the key. Because when you look at this in verse 10, it says, crying out with a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So it's actually people who are acknowledging that God is the one who who deserves all worship. There is only one true God. And so here what we see is also it's saying a great multitude. Mm. It's interesting because sometimes, you know, sometimes people try and interpret the verses beforehand where it's got the 12 tribes of Judah. And interestingly, those 12 tribes, sorry, the, sorry, the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm. The thing is in the Old Testament, it always started with the oldest brother. So it's Mm. actually with Reuben. But here what we actually find in back, if we were to go to verse five, it actually starts with the tribe of of Judah. Mm. And of course, we know that Jesus was from the lineage of the tribe of mm. Judah. So this is actually really significant that mm. it actually starts with the tribe of Judah. But more than that, too, it actually is that, you know, some people think that this is, you know, equating to what's called the 144,000 because you've got the 12 tribes, you know, sealed. sealed. Um, and, and the thing is that they think that it's actually a literal number of people that are being saved, that only 144,000 will be saved. But here, this verse that we have just read in number nine, where it says, after these things unlooked and behold, a great multitude. Now, hey, can a great multitude be only 144,000. Well, my, in my mind, a great multitude, what do you think, Liz? I think a great multitude is far more than 144,000, don't you think? Well, I, I, I believe that those that are saved are just going to be happy to say, whether it's literal or not, I've never really actually addressed that. Yeah. Uh, but so, when, you say, when you say a multitude of people, mm. I mean, when it talks about angels, it talks about hundreds and thousands, hundreds, millions. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, in every way, and yes. so that's that's. But in what was what we see with that, it says a great multitude, which no one could number of. And here's the key: all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. And so mm-hmm. here, when we link it in with this whole thing of mission that we're actually talking about, it's actually linking back into the fact that we have a responsibility as believers in Christ to actually take the word of God, of course, into three key areas, because Jesus actually said to his disciples to to be witnesses Mm. and he actually said to them you'll be witnesses in jerusalem in judea and samaria and to the end Mm. of the earth 
And so here, if we want to actually put an application as we're finishing up because our time has gone really quickly, but how does that apply to us? It's the fact that, you know, if he's saying to in Jerusalem, for us that would equate to the fact that it's for our families, you know, and those close to us, our friends. Then in Judea and Samaria, it's those that it's extended further in the local communities, in our workplaces, um, in, you know, in say, you can say Australia. And then we're actually talking about the great multitude or nations in all places. So it's literally saying, don't just keep it to yourselves. Take yeah. the mission to the whole world. You know, mm. don't just keep it here. Take it to the whole world. Like we've had, you know, the interviews here of some of the testimonies of your friend who came and says on Facebook, she's, she's doing a snippet, a one minute snippet a day and it's going to the whole, whole world, world yeah. you know, thousand, what is it, 40,000 followers or something. Yeah. But here's the thing too. Don't limit just to one race, to one nation. He's saying everyone is equal. Take it to everyone. That's, that's right. Like this is, this is the, the mission that we've been given. And, and again, to, to look into the kind of the th- theological realm of interpretation and whatnot, like the, the Calvinist would, it would preach a, a doctrine called limited atonement, which is the yeah. idea that, that, well, it's the elect who are saved and outside of the elect that no one else can be saved. But I believe what the Bible brings forward so clearly is no, 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 no. Like, and again, it's just simply the words of of the Bible, like mm. Jesus himself, I came to save the world. But furthermore, God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And and thankfully, and I think the amazing thing of Liz's story and, and, and our stories is that God has then employed us as those who are being saved and redeemed to then be a part of that work and to stand with him as, mm-hmm. as he is standing and in, as Jesus is standing, like that represents his work, the work that he does of, of looking and judging and, and working and whatnot. We also get to stand with him and be a part of this work to reach the world. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Come time for us to spin the wheel to find out who wins our prize for today from the quiz questions. Take it away, please, Shell. It's spinning. We can hear it spinning. Here it's coming. And it's slowing, slowing down. down. Oh, and, and it is Kerry. I uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, Kerry. It was, it was teetering on the edge there. I'm like, oh, is it gonna is it gonna shift over to the next day? But yeah, Kerry, congratulations for winning our draw for this week and our amazing prize as well of the Bible study with the companion book too. Let me read through some of the answers here for our quiz today. Firstly, Jesus used this example of which Old Testament figure? That figure was Elijah, and G- uh, sorry, not Jesus, James, and it's. James, who says that, yeah, we have the ability in the same way to pray like Elijah prayed in the spirit and the power of Elijah, um, that we might see miracles like him happen, which were pretty substantial miracles. Elijah, incredible Elijah miracles. lived a life, you know, and, and the, the and advice that James gives, he's like, pray like Elijah to live like Elijah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he was taken to heaven. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just pray like Elijah and we'll go to heaven. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. Mm. Who was Jonathan's best friend? That was none other than David. Uh, and they, they had a fantastic relationship that even stayed strong during the 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 issues between 
Saul and David, which is, you know, very, very, very checkered, uh, difficult history there. Mm, and, and Saul tried to take David's life, and yet his own son was there to say, warn David all yeah, the way. Absolutely. How many, how, how were the children of Israel guided for 40 years of wandering in the wilderness by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, which would have just been incredible to see. Like you're, you're in the wilderness and you've been promised by God that he's going to lead you to a new land in which you know, this is going to be the place of your habitation. You've just come out of slavery and you have this pillar of cloud and fire, the supernatural thing flying around, leading you where to go. Now, what's so interesting about that story is that in the in the literal face of that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire, still the Israelites very much struggled with doubt and unfaithfulness. And I think it goes to show us is despite the full, you know, power of God being manifest to us, you know, our decision to follow Jesus or not, or to be faithful or not, isn't based on, oh, if you know, if God just showed up, then I would follow him. But it's really like, do I want to let go of my sins? Do I want to submit my life to Christ? And and that was the question for the Israelites. And, you know, that was the challenge that they faced. And it's the challenge that we face today as well. And, you know, amazingly, Liz, you know, sharing your story of seeing the power of God work in your life, but still we're faced with this challenge. Are we going to submit our lives to Jesus mm. despite, you know, despite everything he could possibly show us and all the ways he could prove that he's real? You know, Lucifer knows that Jesus is real, like Satan and the demons know, but are we going to submit our lives to him and, and repent of our sins? Next here, on what day of creation were the trees made? It was on the third day. It so was. you could have sent in any day, one to seven. It would have been wrong unless it was the third day, but it was on the third day so that trees were created. And then finally here, how was the first Christian martyr, Stephen, killed? Stephen, unfortunately, was, was stoned to death. He was. And Liz, if you were listening really carefully, <laughs> Liz mentioned it just towards the end of her yeah. segment. So, so Liz is just for so the listeners this morning, just helping you guys right. She's get right across on your side in every way. Definitely. But, hey, an amazing story. Like, check it out in the book of Acts. Don't just go to, I mean, book uh, chapter 7, but also it starts about Stephen being called, you know, in chapter 6. But he was a man full of the Holy Spirit in every way. And, um, yeah, and so, so much so that, of course, um, yeah, he's actually said to the people, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised heart and ears, you always mm. resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did so. And, of course, so uh, mm. so the people, you know, reacted, the Israel rebelled, and they just, um, yeah. <laughs> they killed They them. were rebelling against God, and that's why he said, you are stiff-necked, you yeah. are uncircumcised. Imagine that like that would hit you right between yeah. the eyeballs and the anger welled up in them so much so that they stoned him um and yeah. it, you know and the bible refers to him as i mean in some some bibles it's actually the passage is re- referred to as stephen as the martyr yeah well that's he, where we get that from he was the first one to die and i think what's that's so right. interesting is that stephen's sermon in that, that led the, and the accusation that he brings against them that you are responsible for killing the Son of God and That's killing right. the Messiah. It was the same charge that Peter had made in Acts chapter two to the, mm. that particular groups of, group of Jews that he was preaching mm. to. And as a result of that, like Peter, Peter's preaching led to thousands of baptisms. Yeah. Uh, Stephen's preaching led to him stoned. But what is so clear is that they were both preaching the truth and they were both filled with the Holy Spirit to preach the they truth. They stood. And they, they stood they for stood. God and, and one saw that success and the other one saw that success too. 
Yeah. They, he dispensed the gospel and it costed him his life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to the end of our show all too quickly, not only for today but for the end of the week. Stay tuned, though, for Tassie Encounters. We want to wish you a really fabulous weekend with a promise uh, before we give you the free giveaway as well. Yeah. From 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake he made him who... Him to be sin who knew mm. no sin so that he might become the righteous. We might wow. become the righteousness of God. Mm. Just a beautiful God. Absolutely. And we want you to have a really, really super weekend. Remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.